Hi, this is Alex. And this is Lena. And this is Getting Mouthy. One more Tree Hill podcast. Welcome, everybody, for our third episode. Count them, Lena. One, two, three. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> well. You count so fucking well. I try so hard, baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lena, your voice. Alex, your voice. Well. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about One Tree Hill, not our undying love. Unfortunately, that could fill hours of a podcast. Oh, my goodness. We are here to talk about episode three. Are you true? Are you true? Are you true? I've never been false, if that's the question. Are you true? It's actually a song. I don't listen to music unless it's popular, like Mozart or Patsy Cline. I do like Patsy Cline. Patsy Cline and Mozart are your go-to popular top charters? Chart toppers? (laughs) What'd you say? I said top charters. Well, they're top of the charts. Yeah. Chart toppers. ABBA. Yeah, you like ABBA too. I do like ABBA a lot, yeah. You also like Miley Cyrus. Party in the USA. Especially here tonight, because we're here to talk about One Tree Hill. Oh, nice turn. Turn it around, (laughs) baby. I like it. I like it. So let's start our normal way. Alex, would you mind giving us a synopsis of episode three, Are You True? Absolutely. So this episode takes us right from where we left off in the last. Lucas is here. He has joined the team. He has ripped the name Scott off his jersey. He's a baller. (laughs) They're at the end of a basketball game, and it's close. I believe that the Ravens are down by two. But then Lucas is like, you know what? I'm going to stand over here behind the three-point line. Gets the shot. Nails the shot. Bangs it out. Sure does. And then the rest of the episode is Lucas discovering popularity. But at the same time... Nathan, seeing this, is like, bitch. And then he proceeds to haze him. Well, him and some of the other team, but I believe that they were all led by Nathan. They haze him. Lucas is like, fuck. And Haley's involved. She's a tutor now. Maybe she's always been. I don't know. Brooke's there in the car naked. And (laughs) Peyton's around. She's got drawings in her hand. (laughs) Um, Jake is there. Don't let him take what you got. You know, or whatever he said in the last episode. Don't let him take it. Oh, that's it. Okay. I don't yeah. know what that means. Don't you take will. your time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just quoting. That's the whole <laughs> interaction. Karen's there. Petty little bitch. Little cheerleaders, you know. Oh, uh, well, to be clear, you're not calling Karen a petty little bitch. No, she's calling Sherry, who is honestly, uh, we'll get into we'll it. We'll get into it. But honestly, the end of the episode, what happens? I mean, Nathan says, or no, Lucas says, hey, I'm here and I'm here to stay, guy. And there's a burning boat festival, which is it. And they're burning their past. They're burning their fears and all kinds of things like that. That's it. That's the whole episode. That was pretty good. That was a good... I, I feel mean, like I covered everything, I, I don't think you covered everything. But I'm going to give a little Googled synopsis of OTH episode 3. Annoyed by Lucas's growing popularity... Nathan searched for his weak spot and finds it in Haley James, Lucas's best friend. After convincing the team to aggressively haze Lucas, Nathan seeks tutoring help from Haley and tries to befriend the girl. <laughs> I feel like I covered that. Well, I don't. You said Haley's there and she's a tutor, and I well, guess she always was. That's what you said. You didn't make any clear connection between Haley and Nathan. Well, she's tutoring Nathan. What can I say? Eventually she is. She puts up quite a fight initially. She comes up to Nathan and she says, Look, Nathan, you suck, but I'll help you. I can make you better. Okay? But there's two conditions. That's how many she gave him. You can't tell anybody about us meeting. Or no, no. She said Lucas can't find out. Don't tell Lucas. Two, leave Lucas alone. Leave him alone! Chris Keller? No. Who is that person that said leave Brittany alone? Chris Crocker. Whatever. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Let's talk... After the synopsis is over, let's just go through the episode. Let's see what happens. Let's start at the beginning, hun. Okay. Basketball game. Lucas is getting involved in the offense. Lucas has the game-winning shot. You know what's interesting? I want to point this out because I noted it. In the previous episode, Dan was criti- watching like a absolute freak. Dan was re-watching Nathan's previous game and said, Look, you gave up a shot there. And Nathan's like, Oh, it was double-teamed. And he's like, yeah, well, you gave up a shot. The scouts want to see you do it. In this, right before Lucas's game-winning shot, Nathan is applying Dan's feedback. He's double-teamed. We hear this from the announcer saying, Nathan Scott's double-teamed. 
And he tries to go for a shot, but it bounces out. And then Lucas ends up getting the ball and scoring. And I just think it's interesting that we we see Dan's influence in that moment and immediately the repercussions of it. I just think it's interesting. I literally don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Jake had the ball and he passed it to Lucas. No, he did. It's What happened, though, was that bounced out because... Nathan was waving his little arms in the air, screaming and trying to get away. His, his normal size arms. <laughs> his, his normal size arms in the his, air. His arms are, are okay. His you know. arms are probably larger than normal size, let's be honest, if he's a basketball player. Better shot at me. If you want to take it that way, I guess. I feel I like your arms are pretty normal sized also. Oh, well, thank you. You have a pretty standard arm, I think. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome, babe. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. But then my favorite part of the whole basketball moment, I think, is when Lucas nails down his shot or whatever. And then the announcer, what does the announcer say? And I tell you what, if you're going to play the Ravens this season, you better take note. There is a new Scott in town. <laughs> that was a great. <laughs> um, I just think it's funny because this is like so, I don't know. It's just so dramatic, I think. I don't know. I find it funny. Anyway, so that happens. And then during that whole, the game, the shot, we see everyone kind of reacting to what happened. And Dan is sitting there pouting on the bleachers. And Nathan, poor, I honestly feel so bad for Nathan. He walks up to Dan. You know, the, the, the gym is emptying out. He walks up to Dan. And Dan just looks at him and, like, shakes his head in disgust. I thought this was your team. Oh, Remember? that's what he says. Yeah, isn't that terrible? <gasps> I thought this was your team. Like, are you kidding me? See, honestly, you got to really feel for Nathan here. I mean, I felt for him in the last two episodes. Oh, my God, yeah. Once you saw how his like, dad treats him. So it's no wonder that Nate is lashing out at others the way he is. But honestly, like, the look on his face, like, you can tell how... I mean, you could tell before he walked over there just, like, how he's going to... How he's feeling about the fury that's coming. Well, this is why I pointed out him following Dan's advice when he was double teamed is because it just kind of shows how even when Nathan knows better, even when Nathan knows better, like Dan's voice is constantly there in his head. So in that, that was like a direct thing. He did, he was trying to avoid criticism from Dan by trying to get that shot instead of passing it. And then it's still not enough because someone else does well at all. And it's somehow Nathan's failure if somebody else does well. Yeah. And just thinking about that as the setup for Nathan and his behavior this entire episode. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. It is interesting. Do we also want to mention Sherry and the Booster Club? Sherry comes over to Karen and invites her to be a part of the Booster Club. Or do you want to save that for later? Well, we can start it now. I mean, it comes, she comes over and, and introduces herself to Karen again. Well, Karen already knew her because they used to be cheerleaders in high school Evidently. Together. And Karen said, or Sherry says... We get together about six o'clock ish, right? Mm-hmm. And I forget what day of the week. Did she say a day of the I week? I want to say it was Thursdays. Sure. My wrestling practices are Thursdays at six, but whatever. And that was a callback to the previous two episodes. I know. Do you remember? I okay. do. And she walks away as a little. She looks like a real Karen, honestly. <laughs> the irony. I mean, seriously. And because this is when Keith and, and Karen are. Really excited for Lucas, and then she just comes over and puts herself in there. I don't like, I don't like this Sherry person. I just no. Don't like Sherry's her. Te- Sherry's terrible. She's she's terrible because as we see later, mm-hmm. Karen shows up to this booster club. Yeah, walks in and says, you know, everybody's sitting around and they're talking, and she said, "Well, we start at six, right?" And Sherry says, "We start at five sharp. You oh, must sweetie. have misunderstood me." Oh, sweetie, no. We start at five. You must have misunderstood me. What a total bitch. I hate her. Honestly, such a total bitch. But this is the part where another mom says, is your son on the team for good? Mm -hmm. Come on. Just because your son sucks. Honestly, I get it. From a parent's perspective, I understand. Wait, wait. Back up a little bit. She said, are you, is your son on the team for good? And then what happened? Well, she's mentioning how... Her son or other kids are getting passed over for this new kid, basically, mm-hmm. to be a starter and whatnot, that have been Ravens for years. And I, I get it. That would probably bother me if I was a parent, too. But there's also four other starters that they could compete with. You know what I mean? I know Karen's reaction to that. 
You know, Sherry, I came down here wanting to give you the benefit of the doubt, but clearly you're still the same petty little bitch you were in high school. <laughs> and Sherry's mouth was like, Ugh, are you kidding me? Somebody's talking to me this way? Me? Sherry? Of mm. all people? That's right. Yeah. And Karen walked out of there with her mouth agape, and it was awesome. Something I've always been struck by is that presumably Sherry is judgmental of Karen for, you know, getting pregnant right after high school. And, like, I mean, that's kind of the implication, at least. I think that's the implication. She's the same age as Karen. They went to high school together, but she's a mother of a boy her age, Lucas's age, too. I did note at the end she said stepmother, and I'm wondering if they threw that in to kind of account for that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I always thought that was kind of strange. I feel like we had this conversation the first time around watching the show. Did we? I think you brought that up the first it's time. It's bothered around. me for years. Apparently. What did you say? I probably said nothing and nodded my head like I do now. <laughs> well, now we're on a podcast. You can't just say nothing and nod your head or else the, the listeners will revolt. Well, they won't know They'll that be I'm nodding angry. my head anyway. I'll, I'll edit it all out. That's what will happen. Even another woman in that little group, little PTA nonsense, said, you're Dean's ex, right? And that, didn't he say? Didn't she say something about them being married? Karen like, said, "Well, we were never married." Listen, oh. you can be exes and not be married. You have yeah, a literal course. child together. Yeah, I would have preferred she said, "Well, actually, he walked out on me." So, well, next time that they do a reboot of the show, we can tell Karen. I just it. feel that people on the show are weird. Like that is the same conversation that Keith had with Whitey in the first episode, where, he's, where Whitey was like, "Oh, Dan's other son," and he said. Well, they were never married. Like, I get that it's 2003, but a lot of people have babies without being married. Is that that weird? 2003? That's yeah. when the show started? Yeah. Wow. How it's old, almost been 20 years. How old were you in 2003, baby? 13 years old. A little baby. Could you imagine me as a 13-year-old? I don't know if I ever I'm very could. much the way I am now. Just younger, spunkier. Spunkier? And with very low self-esteem. Oh, honey. I know. Now I have slightly more. Slightly more. Knowing you boosts me up, girl. Oh, baby. I'm your booster shot all day long. Oh, my God. I'm the only yes. booster shot you need. Yep. Baby. That's right. I'm going to inject myself right into you. Would you please? Yes. I would say the same to you, but I don't want to be dirty on this podcast. Alex, my goodness. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after the... Let's go back to the beginning. Then We don't really have to touch upon that more i don't think with karen and sherry do we well i mean at the very end of the episode oh that's we're, right we're trying something new listeners we're trying to do a little bit of a different format to see if it helps with our time oh we take so long to discuss these episodes we do take so long but is it good for you guys is it good for you tell us the truth leave a message somewhere we have a twitter now <laughs> we haven't even released these episodes yet what's the twitter at getting mouthy because getting, getting. Mouthy, oh, getting mouthy pod. Getting mouthy pod. That's right. There's no G on the end of getting. Yeah. Because somebody else, or no, I had, there was too many characters. Mm-hmm. Too many characters, unfortunately. Getting mouthy. Getting mouthy pod. Twitter. Go there now. Please. Yeah. Begging you. I need more followers. Oh my God. We need more followers. Yeah. Anyway. Very end of the episode. It's Burning Boat. We'll talk about that. But then Sherry's like walking by and for some reason walks over to Karen. Maybe she says, hey, Sherry. Sherry Bear. She kind of apologizes. And I don't think Sherry really says much to it. Sherry just sort of like acknowledges her presence. But Karen's yeah. like, listen, I think we're probably both different since high school. So let's, uh, you know, act like time has passed and not, you know, just let things go. But and Sherry's I like, yeah, I'm a stepmom. And that's let's, pretty much it. Let's act like adults here, you know. That's pretty much it. Let's be the example of what we want our kids to be. It's a good little storyline. I mean, Sherry comes back again in more episodes. Not many more, but she is back off and on. She's actually Tim's mother. Tim is one of the basketball players, or I'm sorry, stepmother. Tim's one of the basketball players on the team. He's the one that is most easily seen as Nathan's little minion. Conciliary, I would say. He just kind of follows him around and, and laughs at his jokes and sticks up for him and talks about how... He's kind of like LeFou is to Gaston. Kind of reminds me of Pinky and the Brain, where Brain is Nathan and then Pinky, the stupid one, oh, is yeah. Tim. Yeah, I get that. 
I still think LeFou and Gaston, honestly. That's honestly that's probably a better way to put it. Because he's just constantly kind of buzzing around Nathan, how great he is and you know. There's no one's no one's as incredibly thick as Nathan. <laughs> you would know Tim. <laughs> sweet, sweet Tim. So let's go backwards. After the game, we see Lucas getting into his car. Now he's yes. got a surprise waiting for him. Boy, does he have a surprise. What's he got in the backseat of that car? Brooke, the one and only Sophia Bush, is getting naked in his car. Some people would say it's a dream come true. I wonder, though. Yeah. I We see people walking all around. And she's getting naked. Like, she's very freely stripping down in the so backseat of this car. we get... This is our second episode with Brooke. And I have a lot of thoughts about Brooke and how she's portrayed in these early episodes. Especially because... Brooke is, as everyone knows by this point, Brooke is pretty much my favorite character. Um, early episodes, not so much. But it's interesting because Brooke is supposed to be 16, 17 years old. And she is so over the top in her sexuality. It's kind of, I don't know, it's just questionable to me. Like, I get she's trying to... This is her little scandalous way of flirting in the backseat of a car, get naked. Whitey comes by and, you know, talks to Lucas a little bit. And, it, you know, Brooke is hiding when that happens. And as before he walks away, he gives one of his, like, you know, half of his face winks and reminds Lucas, oh, hey, there's a half-naked girl in the backseat of your car. And uh, then, like, a real stern look. And then he walks away and Brooke pops her little head up and is just like, so anyway... And goes back to normal as if the coach seeing her naked in the backseat of the car has absolutely no impact on her whatsoever. How many times has Whitey caught her in the backseat of somebody's car after a basketball game? I mean, there's all these comments made about Brooke this episode, too. Mostly by Peyton. But Brooke says a lot of stuff about herself, too. But Peyton makes a comment about how, like, Brooke Davis leopard bra, that's like a welcome mat. And... Then she says, like, okay, you're a slut in mittens and what else? And, like, she's, like, kind of makes all these. And, like, later, like, why are you so persistent with this one? Normally you would have moved on by now. And Brooke does give some indication, though, a couple of different times of, like, oh, she kind of, like, would like it to not be about sex. But she was kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. She kind of always brings it back to that, too. But she says, like, oh, I think he's just nice. And she's all excited. And then she says, like, Oh, uh, what did she say? Well, you know, it's part of her playbook, and that's what she's, like, the most familiar with. So she keeps going back to that, but she wants what she thinks love should be. You know what I mean? She wants somebody to be with, to talk to, to see her for more than just an object. Yeah. I mean, even later when she's talking to Lucas, and what does Lucas say? Um, You don't have to act that way. Yeah, you don't have to act like this. And she said, you're the first person to say that out loud. Yeah. And I think that this is what helps transform Brooke into like of course she probably already knew that but it's definitely not something she's ever heard from a guy yeah well and and that's the thing like when she's she's talking to Peyton after this little night where she surprises Lucas in the car she talks to Peyton the next day at school and because um Lucas hands her bra back in like the middle of the hallway which I think is an interesting move I part of me wonders was that like a Lucas power move also to like have people see him like handing Brooke her bra back I don't know it's just like I would think that someone like Lucas would be a little bit more like discreet discreet and just kind of like embarrassed by the whole thing or not want to embarrass her but he does it like really oh but he does it right in front of Peyton too which I think is I just think it's interesting well it looked like he found her bra in his locker didn't no he it? found no he found it in um the car she said oh I think I left my thing in the car and he was like oh this yeah, I thought it was. I know, but he like pulled it out of the locker. I mean, well, I no, guess he it found seems it like and he took, took it, it into the ha- into the school. Yeah, to give to her anyway. So this happens, and then Brooke and Peyton walk away, and Peyton's like, "So what happened? You were naked in his car. You're a slut in mittens. You're in the car. Then what happens? Well, then nothing. He was really sweet. He drove me home. Second night. I waited till I got inside. Maybe he's gay." No, I think he's just nice. She's just like so surprised that someone is nice. And she's like so excited. 
And like, oh, can you believe how romantic this is that he drove me home and waited until I got inside? I think it's just nice. It's just like, that is such a bare minimum, you know? And it's just so sad because I'm just like, the only way she's able to get his attention in her mind is by like literally throwing herself at him. And I don't know, it just makes me kind of sad, honestly. And it is sad. But that just goes to show that she's never had anybody treat her as, like, you know, a, a person. Yeah. Because at some point it became about her looks. And when she she probably at one time thought that this is the only thing that's getting anybody's attention. So she went mm-hmm. full force that route. No, I mean, I get it. I just, I feel sad about it because I love Brooke. And yeah. I don't know. It's It's interesting, but... Her over-the-top kind of sexiness is kind of a part of her character throughout the whole series. But I would say late in this season, she becomes more... I mean, mid to late in this season, she becomes more of a person. And then continues to have... She has incredible character growth over the series. So, like, eh, yeah. And I don't know if I have much more to say about Brooke. I just wanted to to say that because I love her. And I think the, the move of getting naked in a car is kind of cool, to be honest. We should try that sometime. <laughs> Do you want to get naked in my back seat? Is that what you're saying? I already have, but I'd like you to be there this time. All right. This time, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens to Brooke over the course of the series again. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move on to another scene. Yeah. Involving Peyton this time. Very brief time in the bedroom. Peyton's bedroom. Mm. Nathan says, your bedroom looks different. And what's changed in this bedroom? And the camera pans over, and it looks like somebody just moved in. And there's no pictures or anything on the wall, which there were previously. Because apparently Nathan never noticed her drawings. Because when she responds, I took all my drawings down. What drawings? And I just feel like this is another moment when somebody needs to interject and say, Peyton, your art matters. Oh, cue Lucas. (laughs) <laughs> waiting in the wings to tell her. Hey, Chad, why don't you drop a drop a line, okay? Chad, where you been? Where you, where you been, Chad? Where you been, Chad? <laughs> um, I actually noted that section too, be, or that scene too, because I think it's interesting. Um, I know I say everything's interesting, but it really is to me, honestly. Um, as you know. <laughs> she is truly interested in everything. <laughs> well, I am. But the thing that, that is interesting to me is that Nathan is sitting there. He can't let go of how many points. You know, Lucas apparently scored 12 points in the previous game. And he's like, you're acting like he's Iverson or something. And he's all upset about it. And he can't let it go. And he just keeps talking about it. He's like, I, the only time I ever scored only 12 points, I, 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 there's only one time. And I had mono. And he's clearly very upset. And Peyton leans over and starts trying to kiss him. And is like, well, you don't have mono now. Want to prove it? And... I mean, honestly, I'm kind of surprised he didn't say, like, who put some ice on it? As Nathan so frequently says. But I felt kind of bad for Nathan. I'm kind of surprised he didn't say I showered so we can't do it. Why do you say that, babe? Because of the previous episode when she said, Don't bother showering tonight. Peyton only likes dirty boys. That's right. My pig pen in the house. Why do you feel bad for Nathan? No, because I know that this is silly, probably. But I just, I feel like he is really distraught over the situation he's constantly thinking about it and every scene almost every scene with nathan outside of like you know the tutoring center and the basketball game he is constantly being berated by dan in this episode literally there's a one scene that cuts from the evening when dan is talking to him about basketball to the very next morning immediately cuts to the next morning when dan is talking about basketball and i think the whole point is like he literally never can escape this at all moments of the day, it is on his mind. His father's voice is in his head. Like, it is his whole world, and it literally feels like it's being destroyed. And I feel sad for him because then Peyton's like, I don't want to hear about your troubles. Let's just make out. And I, I get it from her perspective, too, because she deals with it hearing, like, listening to him a lot. And he doesn't really listen to her, and, like, it's a very one-sided relationship. You know, this is probably made worse also because with Lucas in the lineup... This is probably the first time that Nathan's ever had to deal with something like that. Because competition? Any, competition, mm-hmm. yeah. Because he was always been the best. So now he has somebody that now, I think over the course of the show, it's probably shown that Nathan 
is obviously the better player. Mm-hmm. But I think that at this moment in time, they're pretty close. Yeah. And I don't think Nathan's used to that, so he really doesn't know what to do. So he definitely channels Dan because Dan is in his head 24-7. Part of the relevance here, too, is that Nathan is in every way being challenged by Lucas. Nathan's girlfriend has a little bit of a flirtation with Lucas, which he has observed. Nathan is, you know... entering his world of popularity you know like everybody else is starting to accept him the cheerleaders you know like some of the basketball players like jake are trying starting to accept him whitey accepts him. there's one scene where whitey is like you know really praising lucas and it just it shoots to a look of on nathan's face of like just devastation of like oh my god like this is my coach and he's he's praising lucas and like not only would that that would be hard for anyone if it was like a new student moving to school that was better than him that would be really hard but you add that this is his brother and his whole life he could feel superior. Like the way he was able to deal with the fact that he had a half brother he didn't actually know in the school and people were talking about it was to just take comfort in the fact that he's superior. But now it everything's brought to attention and he's not superior. And I don't know, I just think it would be really hard. And it's this is not a perspective, by the way, I had at all when I was first watching the show. Like I thought Nathan was 100% a dick. I had zero compassion for Nathan or interest in Nathan, you know, in any way pretty much until midway in the season. And now I look at it and I'm like, well, I don't know. Nathan in some ways is a more complex character. He is. I mean, a lot of this too was brought on. You mentioned Whitey. He did move him to a a different position in favor of Lucas being a shooting guard. So that also goes into like during that scene at the gym. There's a lot of that, too, was Lucas even being there, because we'll talk about that with the hazing. But having your position be taken from you, mm-hmm. everything in Nathan's life is, I'm the best, and now it's not that. But he still has Dan in the background, so it's it's very it's a very tough life indeed. It is. It's just funny, because he's like such a privileged kid, so it's kind of funny to be talking about his life as being hard, but he has a very narcissistic and sort of abusive father so like his life really does kind of suck you know and we haven't met his mom yet which we will i think the next episode i can't wait i love deb barbara allen woods if you ever come on this show <laughs> yep. i will like be really nice to you and we'll pay you like a coffee you know yeah we don't have much more than our love to give you that is probably not enough but god i wish it were too <laughs> i want her to come on the show when she's is like my absolute favorite. <laughs> Spoilers, baby. We'll block that out. Well, I mean, I feel like maybe people, I'll beep it out. There are a couple people that are express interest in our show that haven't seen the show. See, you don't want to. So ruin yeah, things. you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize no, to whomever. No, I'm constantly doing spoilers unintentionally, so it is more than okay. Moving on, let's talk about hazing. Yeah, it's a big part of this episode. What do you think of the hazing that we see here? I mean, some of it starts off, I, I want to say innocently enough, but honestly, I would be, I don't even know what I would feel. If I were Lucas and somebody were to steal my clothes when I was showering at the school mm-hmm. and I had to walk around with two big basketballs two covering big everything. Two big balls covering everything up. Yeah. I couldn't imagine having to walk. How would he, where does he get clothes from at that point? Well, because Whitey comes up. Do you mean what would he do if Whitey didn't come? No. Does Whitey have clothes for him? Oh, I assume Whitey has some, like, spare boys' clothes. <laughs> sure. No, I mean, I would assume there's, like, if nothing else, like, extra jerseys or, like, lost and found or whatever. Like, I would assume if nothing else, there's at least a pair of gym shorts and, like, a t-shirt somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be a... a, a I, I couldn't even imagine the embarrassment, like, walking around with basketballs hiding everything I've got. I know that I mentioned this while we were watching, but I think it's funny that Lucas hides his butt crack. So, like, for a visual, a reminder for those who haven't seen it in a while, Lucas holds a basketball in front of his penis, and then around the back of his body, he holds a basketball against, nestled in between the cheeks, is what I'm imagining. (laughs) Or is it you hoping? (laughs) I don't care either way about his cheeks. I just think it's interesting 
that he's covering his butt. I just didn't think that men were self-conscious about their butts. Well, maybe he has something particularly weird going on. Chad. Maybe he has a, a hobbit anus or something. Chad, do you care to call in and clear this up? Chad, what are you hiding? Let's take a look. <laughs> we're so sorry. We're so sorry, everyone, but mostly Chad and the fictional Lucas Scott. We don't mean to That's be right. creepy. But really, I, I do think it's a notable, notable choice. It is. I mean, I understand. I don't want anybody to see anything of mine unless I'm giving that like permission. Wow. Well, yeah, consent. That's right. Consent is sexy. So, of course, you want to hide everything you got. I'd have a basketball in front of my tits, too. I mean, same. Well, yeah, I guess for you. (laughs) (laughs) And we also see more hazing. Nathan is talking shit about Lucas to the other basketball members, uh, basketball teammates, I should say, about this new kid coming in and taking your spots when you guys have been working hard for it. Yeah. I'm going to get my minutes, but you guys are going to be the ones to suffer. You've been busting your asses since junior leagues. And then Lucas walks in, of course, perfect timing. It's probably basketball practice. What am mm-hmm. I saying? Yeah. And then he walks over <laughs> yeah. He walks over to the locker. The lock is undone. So somebody knows his combination. And he opens it up, and his clothes are drenched. Soaking wet. Soaking wet. They're just dripping in there. And Lucas is like, damn it. And he probably has to get some more clothes from Whitey. Probably. Oh, Lucas. So sad. So sad. No, I actually really feel bad for Lucas. Well, yeah, so we have that with the white, the wet clothes. We have the stealing the clothes, the wet clothes. We have Those are the terrible river things. court. Yeah, I mean, that's all. That's probably the worst one before the last one. Yeah. Because they trash the river court. It's a public they, property. They undo the backboard and spray paint the... Spray paint the backboard. You suck. They spray paint it in orange. And they pour trash everywhere. That's terrible. It is terrible. Well, and especially because it, I mean, it literally is a public park. And it's like representative of Luke. I don't know. It's so shitty. It is shitty. Because this is a place for, that isn't, it's not Lucas's place too. That's what kills me is like, they're not, like, obviously it doesn't matter in this episode, but they're not hurting just Lucas when they do this. Right. Because I'm sure that, Lucas, uh, Skills, you know, Mouth, Jimmy Edwards, whomever, whomever, aren't the only ones to use the river court. There's probably little kids. Quinn, maybe, you know? Which we don't know Quinn yet. So no, we'll, we'll, we don't. We'll come back to that in a couple seasons. <laughs> but it's just, it's really sad to see anybody do that to their community, honestly. And he also has a really nice scene with Peyton here because she rolls up. Mm. But we can wait on that one. You can talk about it if you want. Well, we have to go back a little further now. Well, maybe we can fill people in as we talk. Well, let's do it. Okay. She comes in and she's like, hey, I wanted to say thanks. What is she saying thanks for, Lena? Well, in the previous episode, we talked about how Peyton was trying to submit her drawings to Thud Magazine. Thud. 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 Tree Hill Underground. <laughs> anyway, she uh, she uh, wants to submit to Thud Magazine, but she ultimately decides, you know, my work isn't good enough. This sucks, whatever. And as we remember, Lucas picks up her art out of the trash and looks at it and gets inspired to go to the game. Your art got me here. It matters. In the meantime, then he drops off the sketches at Thud and says, listen, you won't be sorry. And the guy's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll check this shit out. <laughs> and so, not just some random guy. The editor is all excited about it, which is sweet if that's how things work in the Tree Hill. He submits it. The guy ends up calling Peyton and saying, like, hey, we really like your stuff. Come come on down have a conversation with us about writing and drawing for us. So Peyton goes to this interview with the guy. And the guy's like, listen, where have you been studying? And she's like, my bedroom. And he's like, well, you're a really talented girl. Like, much more than I expected. But I want you to have a twist because all your drawings are depressing. And a real twist would be if cheerleaders were happy instead of sad, which is a really interesting way of talking about subverting expectations. Nevertheless, she's depressed by this because she's like, okay, they like my stuff, but they don't really like what I'm doing with my stuff. And so she goes to Lucas and says like, hey, listen, thank you for submitting it, but I don't think I'm ready for this. 
And Lucas is like, well, did you even talk to them? Did you give them a chance? And she's like, yeah, they just don't really get what I'm doing. Like, they want me to change to something I'm not, and I'm not ready for that. Don't forget that earlier in the episode when Brooke came up to Lucas's locker for her bra, Peyton was there saying you had no right to submit those drawings. Oh, that's right. So she was initially upset. I mean, when she first heard the message, she even deleted it off her answering machine. If you remember, like almost immediately she pressed the delete button. So I think she was still trying to process because she wasn't, she definitely wasn't expecting that. No. And I don't think she knew how to take somebody being nice to her and doing something for her, I will say. Yeah, I think that's true. I forgot about that a little bit. That's true. I was thinking that she was like much more receptive to it, but she wasn't really. But this is the part at the River Court, and after she meets with them, of course, that she... I think truly appreciates that Lucas did that for her Mm -hmm. because this is basically where he does say your art matters again. He does. And that the editor was wrong. And she got a smile on her face when he, when he uh, said that. He did. And ultimately, do we want to finish the Peyton storyline? Sure. Ultimately, after this conversation, she ends up really thinking about it. The, the guy at Thud magazine says like, listen, we are interested in at least having a trial. He had told her, we're interested in having a trial run or something like that. A test strip, I think was what she said, a test strip. And she's thinking about it. And then she thinks about it and she ends up actually going back and submitting it and says, she gives this like big speech. This is who I am. This is how I am. And 95% of the time, there isn't a moral or a victory or silver lining. Take it or leave it. And if we leave it, If you leave it, then you'll miss that other 5%. Your mistake. Take me or leave me, basically. Yep. To sum it all up. 95% of the time, I'm going to put out shit, okay? (laughs) But 5% of the time, you've got Picasso meets Michelangelo meets Nikola Tesla. You know what I mean? Brilliant people. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Good combination. And she walks out with all the confidence in the world now. You can't stop me. I'm Peyton. <laughs> you know what you I mean? can't stop me. I'm Peyton. And it's really nice because later on, I don't think she heard this message yet because I don't think she was in the room, but she got a phone call. Remember, she had her music on. Uh-huh. But she got a, another message from the guy, which was very, very short, that they have decided to run her strip in tomorrow's issue. Bye. I think it was the gist of it all. Yeah. Which is a pretty big deal. I mean, from Peyton being somebody who basically, like, destroyed all of her art in the previous episode to following up and submitting something and and agreeing to get published is a pretty big deal. So you can really see the way, like, she connects with Lucas in that. And actually, at the, during the basketball scene where they're at the river court and he's talking to her, he's like, listen, that editor is wrong. Your stuff is amazing. You need to keep trying. And she's all like, thanks, Lucas. That's nice. And then somehow the conversation, oh, I think she says, look, if Nathan did this, I'm sorry. Why do you stay with him anyway? Sometimes it's good. Sometimes there's no one else. But yet she still feels alone. Like all the time, it seems. That's the thing that's really sad, though. It's like she, this does not actually... This relationship does not actually help her loneliness. If anything, it accentuates her loneliness. But that's how sad and alone she is. I just, I can't get over the fact that we have these super depressed characters who are struggling so much. And it's just passed off as like, oh, she's artsy. You know? Like, that's so sad. That was 2003, baby. I know. Sometimes there's no one else. But, like, literally there is no one else in her house. And we'll get to that soon. But, I mean, that is also a big part of this, right? Like, how could someone break up with one of their only connections in the world when they have such a limited family support, limited legitimate friendships? I don't know. I mean, as of right now, the only things that we know, we have seen her and Brooke together. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. Because besides Nathan, who's a piece of trash, yeah, who does she have? Or is it whom? You know what's interesting is the... 
I'm sorry. I'm still very focused on the show and not your little <laughs> shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sorry. Shenanigans. I thought you taught English. Jeez. I teach English, but I don't care about that. <laughs> oh. No, it's interesting, though, is that we see family members. And now, I granted, I know that we have to see family members of Nathan Lucas because they're the lead characters and they're related. But for we don't see family for any of the girls. That's true. Brooke. Haley, Peyton. We haven't mm-hmm. seen a, we haven't seen anybody yet. They exist in the orbit of these boys. Peyton has more of a storyline because she's like an artist and whatnot. But they, the otherwise, these girls exist in relationship to boys and in no other way. Haley, it starts to shift a little bit with this episode, right? Because we discover that she is a tutor. And while Lucas and her are hanging out the day after his big basketball game win, they're walking around. Um, at the burning boat and some kid comes up and is like hey man you rock and lucas is like come on and Haley's like i think he's talking to me and he is and it's some boy she tutored who finally got a b plus he's super excited Haley is like squealing with happiness and so we learn that she has this whole little life outside of working at the cafe and building up lucas's self-esteem every other moment yes but then part of what happens is that in this episode where Nathan is paying extra special attention to Lucas, Nathan notices that Lucas is always hanging out with Haley. And he's like, listen, that is a weakness for me. Ultimately, he seeks her out for tutoring. She is very resistant, but then determines because this hazing is not stopping. But she can Because we find out that now that we're done with the rest of the backstory... The very last point of hazing came when Haley and Lucas were supposed to meet up for a movie. And Lucas was walking down a dark alleyway. And much like Thomas and Martha Wayne, there was regret. Because then Nathan's lackeys got out of a van and kidnapped. Okay, think about it. They kidnapped Lucas, threw him in a van. They, I think they gagged his mouth with a sock. They literally put a, a pillowcase over his head. Was it a pillowcase? And okay. like covered him up like he was being sent off to his execution. And they drive out in the middle of nowhere and like throw him into like a little pond. A little yeah, like mud a marsh pond. or something. Yeah, because he was covered in mud. He's like, hey, it is not going to get better for you, Nathan says. You better just quit the team because we are coming for you. And we are coming hard. And in that moment, Nathan says, you know, normally this is the point where the hazing would end. We'd have a keg and we'd tell some more stories. <laughs> and I have never in all the 20 years of my life that I've been watching this show, almost 20 years of my life, I have never not laughed at that line or smirked in some sort of way. What war stories are 16-year-old boys telling? The time when they had to come behind from three points. To win the game in overtime. That's the kind of war stories you're telling? Sure. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know what kind of war stories they get to tell. Um, no, I just think it's... I've always thought that was kind of comical, that line. Um, but yeah, so the hazing is continuing, and really it's escalating. And they tell him, like, this. you think this was bad? This was nothing. It's going to get worse. And he's all upset about it. Haley finds out about it because she was, like, worried, sick about... Lucas not showing up to the movies and so then she's like okay this is the one thing I could do Nathan wants me to tutor him I won't agree to tutor him so maybe I can bargain with Nathan I mean even Karen says maybe there is goodness in him trying to change Mm. you know because he calls the Karen's cafe and asks for Haley and she mentions you know she just hangs up on him so then she does decide to go up to Nathan because everybody knows where everybody lives in this town. <laughs> then again, they could probably look him up in a phone book. Look I up mean, Dan I Scott. Guess, back in the day. Well, everybody knows who Dan is, you know. Yeah, sure. We just got a yellow book in the mail a couple weeks ago. I know. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know they still had such things. Side note, when I was a child, my dad used to run a fundraiser. Not fundraiser. Like some sort of a, um, a drive, a phone book drive at the school that I went to. And whatever class kindergarten through seniors whatever class brought in the most phone books to recycle would get a free pizza party and it was super fun 
Did you ever get a pizza? Pie? I want to say one year. I think it, the year I was in third grade. I think the third grade class won. That's really cool. It was right. really fun. We got a pizza party. It was all for recycling. That is pretty cool. Woo! Weatherly. Yep. Nice. So anyway, <laughs> Haley shows up, says, "Hey, Nathan, look, I'll tutor your bitch ass, <laughs> but you can't tell Lucas about it, and you better stop picking on Lucas." And Nathan agrees, not reluctantly. No. He just says, well, I guess I don't have much of a choice. Well, and we know that that's true because he's clearly failing. And F is for fine, right? That's what I've heard. That's what we hear in this episode, at least. Which, actually, it's it's interesting that you bring that up. Because I noticed that when the English teacher handed him his test back, it was on a blue book. Did they have blue books in, in high, high school? school? <laughs> well, that's what that was the question that came to my mind. No, I actually don't know. I've only ever seen blue, blue books in college. That's what I thought. And I don't know if they're even a thing still. I'm not sure. I mean, they were in 2008. I used to have to ask for multiple blue books. You didn't have to buy your own? You know what? I did have to buy my own. But now that I say that, I wonder if there was a class maybe in high school where I didn't. Because Hmm. I remember there being a time that I walked up to the front of the room and asked for an additional blue book. Of course you did. Well, I had a lot to say. Of course you do. I had a lot to say. Lena. My beautiful magpie. Oh, baby. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, Haley says, meet me tomorrow, 7 a.m. Which, honestly, 7 a.m., is it a school day tomorrow? Because he's got his book bag on, but honestly, he's coming to tutor, so I guess he needs to bring his books. But it's just, it's interesting, because I started school at 7.35 a.m., because that's the time that they started high school. So they show up to the docks, because mm-hmm. Haley does not want to be seen at the tutor center with Nathan. She's hiding Nathan like his her dirty little secret. Dirty little secret. Dirty little secret. Which makes me think, too, that the docks must be a little further away, out of the way, right? So what time does school start for these kids? Is it a school day, though? Who tutors on a Saturday? Well, then well, again. It's the same day as Burning Boat. So was Burning Boat on a Friday, or was it on a Saturday? Probably a Saturday. So it probably was a Saturday morning then. Although, interestingly, (laughs) which is what I say about everything, um, Lucas asks Haley later in the episode when he sees her, hey, where were you this morning? And she doesn't want to admit that she was, oh, she says, oh, I was tutoring somebody. He said, oh, who? Anyone I know? No. You don't know anybody here, you loser bitch. You don't know anyone here. I like that scene, actually, because it's kind of her being like, no, you don't really know the real him. One way to Aww. interpret it. Anyway, at the docks, he comes already, he comes packing with his uh, Cracker Jacks, Breakfast of Champions. And this is one of the most famous scenes in all of One Tree Hill. Because he rips open that little prize and gets some kind of childish bracelet. <laughs> Oh, please let this be a cheat sheet. It's for you. Stop it. Come on. Don't say I never gave you anything. That is a line that comes back again and again. And that bracelet is like One Tree Hill lore. I also, one other comment I want to make. Just regarding Haley, before we move on to the pretty much the end, I don't think we have much more left to cover. Is I, just Haley's hair in this episode. What did you think of Haley's hair in this episode? I had no thoughts at all about it, but you brought it up several times. Oh my god! I normally think she has great hair, but something about this episode, she had like barrettes in it that looked like the barrettes I used when I was a toddler. She had weird little pigtails. There were just so many things that were bad with her hair in this episode. And it made it seem like they were trying really hard to make her look like this innocent little creature, you know, up against Nathan, who's this, like, badass boy. I just, I don't know. The hair was driving me fucking crazy, to be honest. I don't know. I, I, never think, I didn't think anything about her hair until well. you brought it up. And when you brought it up, I thought, nothing still. <laughs> well, then... Delete all of this because apparently these points mean nothing. No, I'm sure they do to people that care about hair. I don't know. 
By the way. Yeah. Do you happen to notice that at one point in this episode, they panned in front of the school, the school sign that reveals different events that are happening at schools that, you know, you know all schools have them. Mm-hmm. Previous two episodes. Wrestling. They had stuff about wrestling. They had something else like a Stars Nighters. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it said. But they panned across and showed a sign today, and it looked like it was in a completely different position or spot. I have no recollection of that at all. I was too busy looking at the hair on the show. Well, it's something to think about. There was 32 minutes, 50 seconds left. And I looked at that school sign, and I said, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure it was in a different location. I could be wrong. I mean, it's very possible I'm wrong. We'll have to look into that again. Listeners, if you're watching this show after or before us, talking about it in your ears, please go back and check this out. Leave a comment. Tweet at me, everybody. (laughs) Get mouthy pod. (laughs) Get mouthy with us, baby. I love it. Um, One last comment I want to say before we get into our trivia, before we get into our final wrap. We're not done yet. We have to talk about Burning Boat. I was, that's what I was going to talk about. Well, we're on the I was going to say, what do you think of the whole Burning Boat scenario? It's very cool. It is really cool. Interesting little event that they hold every year. Supposedly, it's annual. Supposedly. Although, we, this is the only time we ever see it until the very end of the show. Very final season. Final season of the show. Yeah. So it's kind of, I am, I have to say, I'm really glad they brought it back because Something that Gilmore Girls did a lot that I hated was Gilmore Girls would constantly talk about like these annual town events and reference them all the time, but we never ever saw them go to things more than once. And it just made it feel less authentic to me. Whereas I like that Burning Boat actually does come back. I feel like a lot of shows are like that though. I know, but I don't like it. Be consistent. I don't like it either. Consistent with your universe. Honestly, it's a freebie too, I would think. When writing an episode, Mm -hmm. like, oh, this comes back. Hey, let's do another episode where we just have to, we don't have to come up with the premise anymore just a couple new events you know what i mean yeah anyway so they get to burning boat everybody burns their past burns their fears they just put all their like for example karen wanting to get like through her past and her cheerleader uh squabbles she takes her well through the squabbles with like sherry and all that and the memories from that she takes her cheerleading uniform throws it on this boat and the kid that was really excited about Haley tutoring him through his old terrible test scores in there. That way they could just set him on fire and they could be free from them. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it is. But here's the question. Where the fuck do they get this boat every year to burn into nothing? Well, they probably, it's a community thing. It's probably, somebody probably, like, I bet like a little group builds it. It's a big boat. I don't know. Amazon? <laughs> Jesus, hon. <laughs> I was beginning to say something and then I stopped. I'm not sure where they get the boat. No, it just seems like it's a big investment financially to be... I'm not sure that the boat's as big as we might think it is. Uh, maybe not. You know what I mean? I always thought of it as like a ship. <laughs> it's... No. No, 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 no. It's not. Do people pay... To put their stuff on the boat? Or can, like, anyone in the town participate in this? I think anybody in the town probably participates. You know, that would be a really good moment to get rid of, like, crime scene evidence. It, yeah, it really would Because it's going to be mixed in with all this other stuff. It's going to be burned at the same time. Any weird remnants of shit will go down into the water along with everything else. That's true. I just, I think that that could be a good spinoff opportunity. That's all. I mean. One Tree Hill adjacent. Tree Hill murders. Yeah. We'll see. We'll get there. Well, let's hope so. I hope that happens. Anyway, this is also where Lucas confronts Nathan. He has taken the high road. He is not going to stoop to his level and hands Nathan his little spray can from when they vandalized the river court. Handed him some other things that we couldn't really tell what they were. I think that maybe they were his old clothes that got ruined. I said, burn these for me, will you? And basically just lets Nathan know I'm not going anywhere. So it was a really nice moment for him. It is, and it's a really nice way to end the show. Cleansing moments to each each storyline. So now that we're done with the episode. Yeah. Let's talk about who's your favorite actor. 
or your favorite character this week. Honestly, I don't know if this is really okay to say, but no one really stood out to me. I felt the same way. Really? Through the episode, I was having trouble thinking, who is really the best actor? Because I don't think that any one of them really... I thought they did well in their roles, uh-huh. but I don't think that there was one particular character that stood out through this episode. Not really. I felt like this was kind of a blah episode, to be honest. It kind of was a blah episode. Like, it's an important episode for moving the story forward and building character and all of that, but like... And it's not like every episode has to be filled with drama or something, but I, I like that we're establishing the tutoring between Nathan and Haley. I love that, actually. I think it's great. Um, like, there's important movement, but I really struggle to identify anyone I think was particularly great. Like, I would say maybe Karen for me. I really like Karen's kind of personal arc in this, but even that is so small. It's so minimal compared to, like, the episode as a whole. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of, eh, I don't really have anybody. Because I know that I, I look at Peyton and I see, I will say that she did have a lot of like little moments in this episode where she had her moment with Nathan when they were trying to make out. And once again, she was denied because he was thinking about Lucas. Who put some ice on me? <laughs> and you could see the frustration and like frustration on her face. Mm-hmm. And you saw her doodling away, as Nathan would say, when she got the message about Thud and how angry she got at Lucas for submitting her drawings without her permission. Yeah. And then how she came back to the interview with Thud and was so grateful to be there. It really seemed like she was so appreciative of being there that she came back and told Lucas, you know, thank you. So it was nice to kind of see her, like, change emotions and... You could see her growing more fondly towards Lucas, even saying, like, you know, I'm sorry if Nathan did this. And kind of looks like Peyton has got an eye for Lucas a little bit, too, during all that. You think? But she has maybe more to go on than others. Mm-hmm. So if I had to give it to anybody, it would be her or Chad Michael Murray. Because he also came through in this episode and really showed baller Chad. <laughs> he nailed that three-pointer. I would... Can I also add another thing? I think Haley also, potentially, because this is the first time we see Haley outside of the role of just being Lucas's support system. Because yeah. even though she is ultimately tutoring Nathan in order to do that, we also see her kind of holding back and keeping something from Lucas. Like, I think she enjoyed some of the flirtation with Nathan, and that's why she doesn't... She's still wearing the bracelet at the end of the day, she doesn't admit to him who she's tutoring. Like, she's kind of protective of Nathan in a way. And um, so I think that's at least interesting. I, I, st- I still don't buy anyone, though, to be honest. I yeah. really don't. No, this week was hard. Yeah. I think maybe we could split it between Chad Michael Murray and, and Haley. Or not Haley, but uh, Peyton for me. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like those two characters were the ones that had the most going on. But honestly, that's just because... That's the way the writing went. That's just because there's more screen time for them. There's more screen time. Yeah. Um, so what I, would you rate the episode? It would probably be a 5 out of 10. It's not It's not great. 5 it's, out it's, of 10, it's, wow. It's not the worst episode I've ever seen. It could be a 4 or a 5. Oh my god, that's bad. It's not the worst. Babe, it's failing. Well, sure, failing. Don't look at it like that, though. But that's the only way to look at it. I'm a it's teacher. Not. I'm a teacher. Well, sure, you can look at it the way you want to look at it. But are there movies out there that are run-of-the-mill movies that are good? Yeah. Are there movies that are great? Yes. Are there movies that are absolutely terrible? Of course. So I think this is a run-of-the-mill episode. I don't think run-of-the-mill, though, is, you know, 5 out of 10 in general. I, For me, I would say probably 6 out of 10 for this one. I debated that, maybe making it a little bit higher, maybe like 7 out of 10. But no I think way. I think six out of ten probably is where I'll I'll stand firm on it because there just wasn't enough. It's a good episode, but it's not an episode I desire to rewatch. I think that when it comes to One Tree Hill, maybe besides that bracelet that will come back in the future, there is nothing else in this episode that I will ever think about again. Brooke in the backseat of the car. 
Well, I forgot about that. Because that comes up more... I mean, that comes out up throughout the series. Her little, like, signature move. See, I already forgot about that. Well... Just the, the rest of the episode, honestly, it is a kind of forgettable episode. It is a kind of forgettable episode. It's an important episode, but it's kind of forgettable. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel that way about a lot of the early season one episodes. And I think it's just because we are still establishing exposition. We are... It's a different vibe of a show first season than it is as the show progresses. So I think that that's part of it. It's just, it's a real slow burn initially. And it's good. It's just not, you know, it's not the vibe we have from Montreal as a whole, you know? Yeah. So did you have a favorite line in this episode? Well, it was hard to pick a favorite line because it was hard to pick a favorite character. Mm -hmm. But I think I have to go with the line that's going to stick with everybody. Don't say I never gave you anything. Uh Or, Or whatever, you know? Yeah. I feel like that has to be the favorite line here. Because yeah, that will come up. That's true. And honestly, if you've never seen the show, that is a line that will stick. Yeah, I agree. I actually, I'll agree, I'll agree with that too. Best line of the, best line, for nice. sure. So we already rated it. We already chose our favorite actor or lack thereof. We chose our favorite line. All that's left is trivia. Let's see how well you're going to do this week. Uh, well, Go ahead and it. ask me some questions, huh? In the episode, Brooke is relentlessly hitting on Lucas. In the classroom, I wonder if we have the same question. You're giving me a little smirk. Go ahead. In the classroom, during English class, as they're talking about identity and E.E. Cummings, interesting choice, um, she is running one of those little, what are they called? Little hand. Those little hand trap games where you like have numbers and letters and you... Flip things over. I can't remember what they're called. I've done a million of them in my I've life. never known what they're called. So. I don't know what they're called either, but they're wonderful. And she asks Lucas, what's your favorite color? What is Lucas's favorite color? I have no idea. I know that... Oh, he says black. Black. You're right. Why did you say you had no idea? Well, because when you asked, I didn't, but then I remembered. Because then he says black, and then the very next question is, what's your favorite number? He says three, which is his jersey number. Uh-huh. And then she said, what's your favorite sexual position? <laughs> and he shot laser beams into her chest with Did his he... eyeballs. I think so. I think he just was... No, he was very uncomfortable. He, he like, was uncomfortable, but kind of into he it, He, like, too. squirmed around in his seat, kind of like, that's a little clue for you, Brooke. And then she put in her favorite, which I didn't count how many times she moved it. Damn, that's good. Oh my god, I can't believe I said that on a podcast. Lena, you dirty girl. Oh, gross. Don't bother showering tonight. (laughs) Jesus, huh? Are you okay? (laughs) Um, Okay, so that was my first question. Second question. When Lucas and Haley are walking around the Burning Boat Festival earlier in the week, Haley says, you know, this whole Burning Boat thing is actually a ripoff of something. What did she say it's a ripoff of? Viking funeral. Oh, my God. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty what good. What can I say? I have one left for you. Go ahead. Peyton's artwork. Mm-hmm. There is a drawing that Peyton does that has a bunch of silhouettes. They are not you. Up. They are not you. You were going to ask me what it said at the time. I was going to ask, and it was going to say they are not you. Alex is, I don't want to say savant. What do I want to say? Hmm. Which is funny because I don't think I got any of the last week's right. I don't think so either. <laughs> but this week. Wow, for you're really a very forgettable episode. I'm remembering. Maybe it's forgettable. It, there just wasn't enough going on that you were able to pay attention to all of these little details. That's true. Maybe that's it. All right. Well, I'm excited. for what, what are your trivia questions? I'm excited. So I've got a couple. Okay. And one of them kind of breaks a rule I had earlier on the first episode I think I mentioned. But uh-huh. it'll be good anyway. So. Assuming that this episode picks off or picks up exactly where we left off in episode two, mm-hmm. what is their record after Lucas is shot? They're undefeated. Which says nothing about their record. It's a winning record. True. What number of wins? Seven. Seven is correct. Honey. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, question number two. Yeah. I couldn't quite tell what this was, but it was a bobblehead or it was just a statue with a big head. The thud employee, when interviewing Peyton about her drawings, had a statue or a bobblehead 
of what U.S. president on the shelf? It was very noticeable in the scene, I think. JFK? Abraham Lincoln. Damn it! I was going to say Abraham Lincoln other than, or JFK. Why don't you go back and look at it? Because it, I wanted to say it was a bobblehead, but the head was gigantic. It probably was a bobblehead. I feel like that was a thing back then. Well, it, it was, but I've seen plenty of bobbleheads. But, like, this head was, like, jumbo-sized. Well, it's, we are talking about Abe Lincoln. The one and the only. His head was normal, you know. <laughs> well, with Nathan's normal arms. Wow. I don't know what to say. Anyway, one last question. Yes. Annual burning boat. What? How many burning boats has there been? 82? This was the 83rd. Oh my god, I'm so close. Very, very close. I feel like you should just give it to me. I'll give you a half a point for that. Half a point? Well. You know what we should have done? Tell me. We should be keeping track of our points. And then at the end of the season... Who wins? Who's better at One Tree Hill trivia? Yeah. We can go back and look. We'll have to go back and look. I'm like 3-0 and this week. Uh, that's not true. I got some right. Uh, I said I'm 3-0. Oh, I see. And I you got... sports work. Okay. <laughs> well, you had... You had... Um... I had like one and a half. Yeah, well, you didn't get the A Lincoln. You got 82nd instead of 83rd. Ugh. And then for... Oh, yeah, the record after Lucas's shot, 7-0. and so, yeah, I'd give you one and a half, babe. Oh, thank you, baby. That's very generous. Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in again. This is Alex. And this is Lena. And this was us getting mouthy.